Anyway, should we get uh, get into it? Yeah. How's your week been, James? The teacher strike is becoming interesting. Mm. Starting to really still going on. Yeah, mate. Starting to really, really value teachers. I mean, I always have. Yeah. It's just now no, I'm kids that need them. having kids at home for an entire day. I'm valuing them even more. I mean, I've only got well, I've got three, but only. two who should be at school. <laughs> um, and just dealing with two of them is uh, what they're not going to school. Intense. Well, no, because if the teachers are striking, mate, what, what, is that everyone then? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Well, they everyone- shut the school. If the teachers are striking... No, his kids are in school. I get that, but it's the whole school striking. Or is it yeah. just like the odd person? Well, no, the, the, the teachers teacher that are part of the union, if there's not enough teachers in the school, they yeah, can't yeah, open yeah. the school. So I've got two kids at home. Um, oh, not every day, man. but when they strike. And it's just, it's intense. It is very intense. And I've only got two of them. You know, teacher with a class of 30, I quite honestly don't know how they do it. Um so yeah, apart, apart from that, it's all good. Mm. Well, it's nice having the kids at home, but it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to go on strike? Uh, Seems like everyone else is. <laughs> none of them, no, no, no striking for me. Uh, don't have kids, so don't have to worry about the school strikes. Don't use the trains, don't need to worry about those strikes. So yeah, it's all good. Just can't get tomatoes in the supermarket at the moment. Just can't get peppers, actually. Yeah, peppers. Got told to put one of the peppers back. Tried to buy four, it was limited to three. Really? Yeah, three Why? single red peppers. I wanted the red ones, didn't I? Greedy so I so. Why is there no peppers? There's a shortage of veg, mate. You've not heard the news. I don't read it. Really. Yeah. No, peppers, don't do the shopping either by the sounds of it. Yeah. I, don't, I read the property industry news. Not, Lidl have... Not the Daily uh, Mail. They've restricted veg, yeah. So a certain amount of tomatoes, yep. uh, peppers and stuff, yeah. There's a shortage. It's really? How long has that been going on? Any of the veg that needs sunshine, yeah, basically. Root vegetables, you're fine. Um, but anything mm. that needs a bit of sunshine to grow... I'm a little bit out of the loop with all of that. <laughs> Some information for you. Well, you only eat burgers and chips, so say, you're, yeah. you're kind of fine. Right? Then... Yeah. The occasional carrot. Well, actually, it's more because my bulking. But... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, how, how is the running going and the exercise? Yeah, just running away from all my responsibilities. <laughs> 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 uh, I sustained a foot injury, James, so I had to um, yeah, wind it in a little bit, but... We actually all started getting put to shame by our mate Ryan, who, I don't know, I'd probably go out there and say he's probably one of the most unfittest out of all of us. And he just turned up and starts banging out five clay, uh, 25 minute 5k runs, hmm, like casually impressive. as well. Wow. He's done three of them so far, 25 minutes. Yeah. You know how hard that is to do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. He's loving life. He's into his yoga, he's running, listen to the podcast. Hey, Ryan. Well, welcome back to another episode of uh, Propaganda, the property podcast brought to you by Stanford Sales and Lettings. As always, me, Jack, the manager of our Catford office, our director, James, who runs our Forest Hill office, and Alex. Who- <laughs> Why are you doing that so weirdly? And- what are you talking about? You're doing a really good job, mate. And Keep going. Alex, who runs our Pivot Green office. Um, I mean, what we're going to be talking about today is why is the nation, the nation or the world, obsessed with property? And we're just going to, where's the last, the series finale? Uh, we're also going to be doing a little recap, having a little bit of fun. But what? Uh, why do you think the nation's obsessed with property? You got, uh, and when I say obsessed, there's loads of things, isn't there? Like even our mates who listen to it, they're like, I just find property so fascinating. I want to, I want to know more about it. You've got, Handy Andy, Nick Knowles, Phil and Kirsty, the guy who does grand design, whose name is Kevin McLeod. Kevin McLeod. Yeah, these are all 
household names in Britain. They're on, you know, they go on Big Brother. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Um, yeah, everyone just seems to be obsessed with them. Why do they do so well? Just, what do you I think? Just, what do you think I mean, it it's is? one of the biggest things you'll ever own, isn't it? So it doesn't really matter who you are. I mean, it, you know, some people aren't interested in, in cars, let's say, because they don't have a driving license and they're never going to buy a car. Pretty much all of us at some point are going to buy a house. So there is some interest in it regardless, whether that is to the extent that you want to be an architect or an interior designer or just an interest in housing. Mm. I think it's just a real mutual line of interest. And and I think for I mean, you know, property, mortgages, surveys, all of that is real second nature to us. We speak about it, we hear about it. But most people that I guess we might speak to friends, that's more the interesting side of it. You hear people saying, oh, you know, I'd love to hear about first-time buyers and mortgages. Like you just don't, people don't get taught that. It's not something you would really discuss. You're not going to just hear that in a passing comment unless you're in the industry and know the sort of the ins and outs of it. It's just not, it's not information people get easily. So I think sometimes just hearing it, it I guess from other people in layman's terms is quite, quite interesting. And you know, I don't know, yeah, it's just, it's going to be, you're going to own it or you're going to live in one at some point. So the interest in, in what that is, is, is there. And I think social media, personally, I've always said it before, Pinterest, Instagram, it's just in your face now, isn't it? Mm. Everyone's got home accounts. Everyone's got, you know, do this, do that. That it just makes it more enticing, I'd say. Yeah. You don't want to plug your uh, Instagram? <laughs> South London Abode, if you want to. It's, it's been a bit dormant for the last few months, but we'll get some images on there. I think, yeah, it's um, the, the interesting thing with the property industry and property in general is there's like this ingrained um belief that we as people are entitled to own our own home um that does seem to be a typical british thing i wouldn't necessarily say it's a global thing no, i don't know that um, that's sell is it selling sunset i mean you know, when you don't people i don't know maybe it's just like a, com a bit of a crap uh, like conversation starter isn't it but you say to people i'm an estate agent oh have you seen that selling sunset like in america Everyone seems to watch. These I think shows. The but, but again, you're is... talking about British people. Um, True. You know, yeah. it might Million be an American. It used to be my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is an obsession. It is, I think, a particularly British obsession. Mm. Um, this kind of home ownership and um, the entitlement and the plan to kind of go out there and, and finally own your own home. Because you look across continental Europe. And yeah, people do. But actually, that kind of passion that. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's almost a born right to own your own home isn't there in the same way um, I don't feel as it is over here. It's it's almost ingrained into us that actually the goal is to go out and buy your own home. Mm. Um, so, And the other side of it is, is that pretty much everybody knows someone who does something related to property, whether that's an estate agent, whether it's someone who works with mortgages, whether it's some a builder, builder. interior designer, painter, mm. decorator. You know, there's there are a whole kind of economy or a lot of our economy is built up around mm. the property industry in one way, shape or form. Mm. Um, architects, you know, the, the the list goes on and on and on. Um, and then you couple that with people renovating their homes and plastering it all over Instagram. It, to a lot I of mean, people, it's actually it looks mad like that these Do you think with a lot of these people with, their, with Instagram page or just social media is that this kind of, because of that like social media marketing, the way it works, you know, a lot of these people go out, they, they, some of their homes, you know, people are paying, they're, you know, paying them to put kitchens in their home mm. so they can show it off to the masses. You know, we've had clients in the past, that I think they picked up like a 20 grand kitchen for nothing because the company just wanted it in their home. Mm. And actually they, um, Ross and Jordan, I mean, they- Studios, yeah. 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 5,000 um, pound tap. 
Just yeah, given to for them. nothing. Yeah, five thousand pounds. Five thousand pounds. They, they had a lovely house, yeah. and they end up going on. I think on like young, young interior design of the year rooms. or something. Yeah, I think their website's called uh, Two Lovely Gates. Two LG right? Studios. Yeah. yeah, and they spent five grand on a tap. No, they, they were gifted. No, they were gifted a five thousand pound tap to put right. in their kitchen, so someone could come and shoot it and then and sell it. So actually, um, from that point of view, the accessibility of gaining stuff these days is is has gone mad, isn't it? And the, I mean, the the show selling Sunsets Million Dollar Listing. I mean, you're looking at like 50 million pound apartments in New York overlooking, you know, mm. central part. I mean, it's, that's just like intriguing because it? it's the glitz and glam of like the, the high end stuff. Mm. But it's, um, I think it's just in your face more. And it's just so, I think it's, I don't know. It's the biggest thing you'll ever own. It's the most interesting thing, I guess, to a lot of people. And the value in it can be huge as well. So even just some of that. Yeah, that's what I think, where it's such a, a massive investment. You know, it's, a, it's going to be the biggest financial thing a lot of people will ever yeah. purchase in their life, isn't it? So I think that's why people are so... And there's this, I think, James, like that, status, that theme there? that's like born within you really in the UK, yeah, about this kind of like climbing the ladder and yeah. people will go from their flat to their house to their big house and then their forever home. It's like this, it's actually like a natural path that's set out to most of us from early. Mm. Yeah. Um, to the point of view that when you're younger, you're building houses with Lego and, you know, and you're playing with toys and stuff. It's all about homes and family and stuff. It's just this sort of ingrained nature. That it's just there, isn't it? The whole way through school. Yeah, and and also I think the design aspects of it is quite big for a lot of people as well. You know, putting in your own kitchen, mm. putting in your own bathroom. You know, that creating it's an expression of yourself, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. You know, it's, it's yours. My house is currently half a shit hole. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't say that. Could it be explicit? Oh, no, My no, house is half a damp dump. So that would you know say that you know half they, damp. <laughs> it's not damp. I hope it's not. No, half a damp. Not anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. You know, they're like an extension of ourselves, aren't they? No, no two houses are the same. You know, we we go mm. into what three to four hundred houses a year, each of us, houses or flats. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever seen two that are the same? No, of course you haven't, because the Not individual the personalities one, yeah. are reflected mm. in those properties. Um, and I do. That's to be fair. That's one of my favourite parts um, of home ownership and the job that we do is getting to see the different personalities kind of come through the houses. Um, because, you know, you can have a whole road of Victorian terraces that were all built more or less the same, but everyone you go into is different. Yeah. Things mm. have changed, different colours. I love it going and seeing people's house. I was always yeah. asking what colour on the wall, what where'd you get that from? You what know, shade of blue is that? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. I actually did a evaluation the other day. The house is stunning. The brother is um bespoke like furniture maker and had these right. units. I mean, unbelievable. But yeah, just to meet what colour is that in the bedroom? You know, yeah. how'd you do this, how'd you do that? Sharing ideas, we've got the same style house. There's asking how you fit the bed. Then I was like, I'll move the door. You know, it's just, it's a conversational point. You don't even need to get on with people outside of anything. It's everyone can talk about their house or something or our home, isn't it? It's just actually kind of a mutual, I don't know, level of understanding. Yeah. I think even if you don't want to take on a whole project and put new kitchens, new bathrooms in, people still like tinkering. You know, yeah. paint, you paint it your own colours or put some mm. wallpaper up and, you know, make those changes that reflect your personality. So you don't even have to be Kelly Hoppen um, at heart. You know, you simply pick up a paintbrush and, and change it and you it's go from a your kids room you. didn't you when you're younger as well you go from the spider-man painted walls to maybe growing up and getting a double bed i remember when i went from single bed into yeah, the double, double bed, bed. it was almost like that was like that was the first stage of the progression so Didn't have a double it, bed when i was a kid in my head the next stage is then oh you know i can't wait to like live on your own rent yeah. you know but it's just this yeah i don't know natural path isn't it yeah and then you've got the investment side of it as well that um you know there's security and bricks and mortar safe as houses yeah um there's the financial aspects did as you well. know where that saying comes from safe as houses mm. no do you I've, I've always assumed it's 
your money, your money safe, safe in bricks and mortar? Is that? Don't know. Asking you. We we did look it up the other day, but it was actually really quite boring. To be honest, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like some. It was just like, oh, it, it, like it was written in a, answer. or wrote in something thing that would be safe as houses. Yeah, medieval. It was actually pretty boring, but yeah. So is it? It doesn't mean your money's safe in bricks and mortar. No, nah, it doesn't mean that. No, there was another saying as well: not safe as houses. An Englishman's home is his castle. I know that one. You heard that one? What? An Englishman's home is his castle. No. It's, it's the importance of your home, isn't it? And so going an, Engli- back, an English them. I mean, that summarises, we won't go there, um, <laughs> that, that summarises exactly what we're talking about, how important property is to yeah. people um, in this country in particular, that they, they just love it, don't they? It's eat, sleep, breathe property in one, in one way or another, mm. um, from whatever point of view it is, whether it's financial, whether it's the creative aspects, um, the love of buildings. You get a lot of people, don't you? Even when you like value their houses or buy it, and they're like, "I'm always on right move. I'm obsessed with it." Or you know, whatever. even when they're not looking at moving, yeah, they're like, I'm always on it. Yeah, my property porn, they yeah. call it, don't they? Yeah, well, Sarah Beanie coined that one, didn't she? It's, Did she? Um, yeah. I don't know. That just gives you an insight to other people's homes, and also people just love to know what the value of stuff isn't it? If you own one already, and you just always want to know what. Mm. What it is, yeah. and I think as as you get older as well, you might think that all of our friends. Obviously, we're just in an age now where everyone is progressively kind of getting home, so it's just more of a discussion point mm. because you're all talking about you doing your garden or someone's doing their bathroom. You start batting ideas around, yeah. so it becomes more conversational as you get into your thirties, I guess. Yeah, I mean, one of Daisy's favourite things to do is look at houses we can't afford. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, every damn right, with highest price first, and then ask me if there's <laughs> any way we can make it work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. could we? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's just what everyone does, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's that whole kind but of... But then it's almost a slight aspiration, though, isn't it? It's that's like, exactly look, what it is. I mean, it's one thing looking, it's I guess, with, within it? realm of possibility, yeah. looking at the £50 million apartments overlooking Hyde Park is probably outside of the front. Yeah. Even if I had £50 million. You've got to look at something, though, isn't it? Crazy in Hyde Park corner. Yeah. One Hyde Park, is it, the, the building that's there? There's um, there's also, an, you know, there's an ego element of it as well as to where you know people are oh i've got that bigger house that bigger garden bigger driveway bigger garage yeah yeah um and all, and all of that so y- there is that to it and people are they always want to you know people want to do better than people don't they and, yeah aspirations inspirations i think amongst friends as well isn't it you kind of almost want to show off when you've you know i don't know when you finish your bathroom maybe or you finish your garden or your house whatever it's just a yeah cause it's cool is it it's nice to look at it's also in itself it's just an achievement it costs money to that stuff it's not you're also in that place that place your house yeah. home you know more than most yeah it's a safe places. place for a lot of people as well. it's home so you want to yeah, make sure it's, it's nice it's comfort. good it's interesting what you're saying it's almost like a gauge of success isn't it yeah it's, of um, course yeah the, i think a lot of people will look at property as you know, the the type of property you have dictates how successful you've been. To a degree, you know, yeah. the person in a one-bedroom flat, assuming the same area, you know, one-bedroom flat in Kensington, mm. obviously costs more than a three-bedroom house in Sidcup, for argument's yeah. sake. Mm. Um, but I think people do do get, gauge success on the basis of the property you live in. You know, mm. you live in a little one-bed versus a five-bedroom five country. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, there's definitely a judgment factor to it, rightly or wrongly. Rightly or wrongly, my brother lives in a two-bedroom flat and I live in a house. I think he's probably better than me. <laughs> <laughs> really putting Both yourself... Both drive the same car, don't you? <laughs> no, well, yeah, I've got the smaller engine. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but for sure, people judge themselves against each other. I mean, it's like even, you know, some of the houses in our area, you, there's, a, <laughs> there's three roads where like it's the same house, but it's 200 yards up the road, but it's 200 grand more expensive. Mm. And really you're buying on a postcode sort of luxury factor there of yeah. look where I am and a, a position. That whole like ego thing as well, isn't it? You get it in certain places where, you know, where we work, for example, where you have where you are in Hiver Green, you have people who say, I live in Blackheath. Yeah. Like, Postcode yeah, snobbery. Yeah. Postcode snobbery. Do yeah. you really? James, where does James live? South West London? Is it Ballum? <laughs> ba ba <laughs> Ballum, Norbury borders. We had a, um, yeah, I live in the Kent borders. We or in the heart of Kent, Garden of England. We had a, um, we had a client who was a very particular man. And he, don't get me wrong, the area we work now, Catford, anyone who listens to this who like, lives there, you know, know how much has come up in the last like five, ten years. He had this real thing of where he was like, for anyone who doesn't know, Catford borders on Hither Green. He was like, I live in Hither Green. We, we sent him the property details, marketed it, done everything. And he was like, oh, you've made a mistake. You've put Catford. And I was like, that's, you know, it might have even been you. He's like, that's, mm. that's where you live. Like, no, I live in Hither Green. We don't do you, you your postcode in SE6. You live in Catford. And he's like, no, my kids go to school in Hivergreen. I drink in the pub in Hivergreen. I get the train from Hivergreen. There is also a sign at the bottom of that road that says "Welcome to Hivergreen." Which, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah which well, transpired? He yeah. put it up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put know that. Up. Right. Okay. He put that sign up. <laughs> And it's like three that's doors amazing. And he's like, there's a sign that says "Welcome to Hivergreen." That he, doesn't surprise me. He put it up, and that is amazing. Yeah. So there is that kind of ego <laughs> thing. I mean, that might be... I an might just put Welcome to Blackheath at the bottom of my road then yeah. and charge more money. <laughs> that's a joke. There is that ego. It's it's hilarious, amazing. isn't it? But I think that kind of sort of shows the aspirational aspect of it, isn't it? Mm. Where we all want what we can't have. You know, you, you move from the 500 grand house into the 800 grand house and inevitably within yeah. not too short a time period you're then looking at the million pound house mm. and then you know if you're able to do that move you're looking at the million and a half i don't Postcode think snobbery is real as well yeah like really big factor for people it's isn't it human nature that you're just never satisfied yeah always looking for the bigger better one um you know it's obviously the series finale we've somehow been funded and bankrolled to do 10 episodes and we've <laughs> we've made it this far um so uh, you know first of all even what's been your highlight so far i like the ews one i think the the ews one was my favorite um mm. which was all about the external wall systems curtain wall glazing and the issues um for leaseholders it felt it just felt nice to have something a bit positive mm. you know for for people who've been trapped um, for a number of years. So I, I really enjoyed kind of that. I, I really liked um, hearing about the different lenders' criteria. I found that incredibly interesting from from my own point of view. Um, and certainly I know a lot of the feedback we had on that one, um, kind of people saying that they found that incredibly interesting. So, mm. yeah, I, th I think that was probably my favourite episode. Um, yeah, I, think I wouldn't necessarily, maybe not episode, but just sort of coincide that, I guess, when we... When we started, I didn't really know what direction we were going to go and how it would sort of turn out. But that sort of switched mm -hmm. that kind of more informational, purposeful, you know, kind of... Because, yeah, I guess the feedback more was like how interesting it was to listen to, to actually get an insight into something mm -hmm. rather than just, just trying to blab on about nothing. Um, so actually, I guess more trying to find our own path is probably my highlight. Whether or not it sticks, I don't know. Maybe people think we sound boring, but um, yeah, just the switching to the more informational side of it, getting mm -hmm. a bit more factual evidence out there for people helping people along sort of their yeah. journey of purchasing or whatever have, have you had a favorite yeah i thought it's to be honest with you when we kind of first started off we you know we 
kind of just going with the flow, weren't we? Seeing where it would kind of land. And we always had this sort of thing, didn't we? Of, you know, the three of you go down the pub, you talk about property. Fair enough, the first few episodes might have taken that a bit too literally. <laughs> and then when we went and, you know, it's a bit jokey and a bit kind of, it didn't really know where it was going. Mm. And the more we did, people were like, you know, I a lot of, thought a lot of my mates were just going to terrorise us in all honesty, but... They all listen to it. It's yeah. actually been quite positive, weirdly. You know, we all have banter amongst our friends and that, but yeah. everyone's like, it's really insightful. I've got a mate who I haven't seen for a while. He's like, mate, oh, I love listening to that every Saturday. When I get to work, I listen to it, put it on. He's like, it's so interesting, isn't it? I was like, yeah, it's just like... You but it's funny how you see that the, what you think is the boring stuff to talk about can yeah. actually be the most helpful or insightful stuff to listen yeah. to because it's the stuff that we just hear every day and know yeah. about, but that's what they don't. I um yeah my highlight is probably just where it's kind of going to I thought that the the I suppose my point was that when we started doing the more serious ones of damp um the EWS one when we was doing I thought no one's going to listen like this is going to be really boring like no one's really going to want to listen to us talking about fucking talking about wall surveys or damp but yeah a lot of the kind of feedback's been They've actually been super interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really insightful. Like some more topics. To, and it's the easiest thing, I guess, is the constant change and ever, kind of evolving stuff, isn't it? The information that comes out. I also like maybe coming back home. I don't know. We switched up for a couple of episodes, didn't we? Tried a different shit. It wasn't quite what we liked. I think Jack was more comfortable at the table, but there wasn't as much legroom in there. Yeah, that might just be a posture thing on my, yeah. uh, <laughs> my behalf. Um, but no, I've, I've enjoyed it, to be honest with you. It's, obviously it'd be better if we get a few more followers subscribers and all the rest of it but yeah i do think it's genuinely like insightful if you're maybe get some guests on to it. yeah maybe next season get some guests maybe nice I even to think about. when i listen back to some of it like it's even quite interesting for me just to be sat here with like you know you two have got so much knowledge in that i know we talk about it all the time but just to get your guys point of views on certain things and you know how in depth some of it is i don't think people realize and even somebody who's worked in it for nearly 10 years now listening to you guys talk to it often find really fascinating um well thanks jack i'm good i've been a great host that'll be the last mate. compliment you <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah we kind of just went down did i host all of them well, we yeah. tried to begin yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, that's kind of From been the way it's one yeah we tried a couple of pilots didn't we to see how it could work like that but we felt that and actually as i say i think it's um i don't know it's constantly involved i think it's switch up of positions at the moment there might be Maybe a, a a different thing, but it's. I think just generally the way it's been received by people that we'd otherwise thought might have not listened to it or thought it was like rubbish. Yeah. And the positive sort of noise that's come from them has probably yeah. been slightly eye opening. Yeah, I mean, similar. I've, I've had a couple of mates who listen to it every week. Yeah. yeah. And not because it's. And the viewing figures aren't bad, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're hitting the millions, but like the, you know, there's there's some decent numbers there. And, it's great. Yeah. Which is um which is good. But yeah, yeah, I mean the the very people that I expected to kind of crucify it mm. were like. Yeah, love it's it. It's honestly where it's actually been the best really received. Enjoy, yeah. yeah, really enjoy it. Which has also been good because we, we actually have had some like solid, honest feedback. Like these aren't people that are going to sort of just tell yeah. you it's good because they want to say that. These are close mates that would very quickly tell us that it's a part of you know rubbish. Mm. Um, which I think has been good because yeah. honest feedback is always helpful. If anyone's got anything made, just say do hit us up. You know, do send in your notes and comments. We're happy to take it on board. Like we even had constructive criticism. We even had a message on um, Instagram, didn't we? Was it one of your landlords, landladies? Uh, client. It was a text. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. Oh, is client. it not a landlady? Is no, she a landlady? Not a landlady. Oh, really? Client. Yeah. But it was on the rental podcast about ten. Oh, so yeah, she was. Li she'd listened to the landlord one that we did a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, oh, she's not a landlady. 
Not yet. Oh, but right. she's, but she's thinking about it, which yeah, was the yeah. whole point of that episode was actually here's the things that you need to think about yeah. as part, you know, if you're toying with the idea or you want to go down the route of a, of a buy-to-let investment, yeah. um, these are the things you need to think about. And she texts me to say, absolutely loved it. You know, found it really, really helpful. Yeah. And I think this is the thing, you know, we, we talk about it like it's second nature. Yeah, we take it for granted. Yeah. But so many people don't know yeah. the intricacies of the industry and don't know where to start and also don't know where to get the information more importantly because yeah. there is so much information out there you know some of the stuff we have to we end up reading like when you read through a lease or you read through a change in legislation or an update from one of the regulators honestly a lot of it is boring mm. so to be able to kind of talk about the relevant stuff and and as much as possible try and box it and mm. make it um, packaged for a layperson who's who's not involved in the industry and just wants to know the key parts. I actually don't think there's that many places that people can go to to get helpful as it is easy, straight talking information. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think with the podcast moving forward, that's what hopefully we're able to bring to people is information that is easily digestible mm. um, and interesting. Hopefully. Yeah. And with a little bit of a break, the market will, you know, change, evolve, and come to a different time of the year, give us a bit more, like, you know, yeah, just updates on the market, gives us a bit more to talk about. What did you, I suppose, what was your, your kind of your why? Why did you want to do it? I don't know, I really enjoy valuing, and I think valuing sometimes is, is honestly about giving people information, and I, I guess some of the conversations you have in valuations, you know, you don't want to blow your own trumpet, but sometimes you can sell people who are receiving it quite well, and it's, mm. and it's a nice thing to do, and I think just actually... As James says, just it can be so convoluted when you read it online, or it's so boring to read long, you know, ten paragraph kind of um, documents on websites and stuff about things. That's just to hear it in a normal sense. We're just normal people, you know. We're not just you know, stuck up estate agents, and they actually just generally enjoy talking about. It. We all really enjoy property and being mm. in the industry. So, I think hopefully sometimes maybe that passion and interest comes out when you're not just talking waffle or trying to sell mm. something. Uh, because actually, I guess on the other side is that. A lot of the time, normally in speech of statements, some of it is a bit of a sales pitch if you are doing it on a business sense of valuation. Mm -hmm. Just to chat about things, I think. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that that's the part I love about it is there's no, there's no objective, you know, yeah. apart from to give good information. There's, there's, you're not trying to win an instruction. You're not trying to impress a client because whenever you're talking to a potential landlord or a potential vendor, of course, everything you're going to be saying is much more about how, you know, what we can do to help this person, why they should go with Stanford's from the point of view of the podcast it's purely to have an open chat about mm -hmm. how we feel about the industry you know how we feel about things we've experienced that week what's going on um so it is just very raw from that point of view and mm -hmm. and our true feelings towards things which you don't always get a chance to do um just yeah i think it's um just frank isn't it it's a frank chat there's mm -hmm. not many a lot of industries now have things on social media where it's kind of open you can see into it and there's one um, there's a chap Grant Bates who um, I think he's Hamptons I can't remember but he, he's, he's huge on social media there's London property tours so he's the first one really to start kicking off the the sort of the gimbal tours of properties and, it, and it, the stuff he has there they're stunning he's done a couple of podcasts with some people who kind of got him on but I don't think there's many companies of industries where there's I mean, you know, we all grew up together, you know, I've grown up with both of you. So it's it's a it's a more of a conversation between friends rather than it is just between mm -hmm. a couple of directors in a company who may not necessarily be on the same pages of each other. Mm -hmm. So I think hopefully that might just bring a different I don't know, yeah, just to say just a different stance, different angle from it. 
Um, and the one thing that, that that Grant chap does very well is just a really likable, normal guy um, doing a few podcasts with different people, but just gives more of an insight. And you you can just tell he's not doing it because he's just talking waffling and state and he genuinely like loves property and, mm -hmm. and he knows a lot of stuff. I mean, it's very, um, very helpful. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought when we started doing it. I wanted, everyone has a, rightly or wrongly, has a view on estate agents, don't they? And, you know, I know we've made yeah. the joke and said it before, you know, you tell people you're a murderer or something, don't you, before you tell them you're, a, you're an estate agent. I just thought if you, I just, it's easy for us, but I'm just very well aware that we are very different to a lot of other estate agents and we don't you know when we're just sitting here having a laugh you know, well, you've only got to look at the situation you had on saturday where you'd given keys to a different firm yeah. of agents to get a set copied <laughs> and he gave me you his had house keys on the saturday <laughs> the guy had given you the house key. how are you going to open the front door his with house his keys. house keys so yeah. but it's also the viewings you had books unfortunately couldn't get that's more the like just he they're just incompetent maybe but were they i, I oh, was, or was it, it on purpose who knows or yeah, I just. But you've had comments they... about you know we we don't, we dress differently. You would say from the yeah, state exactly. agents. We don't you know, just... like go to work like this, you know, on a Saturday or when we're out doing viewings. And actually, sometimes it just breaks that barrier down. But I just find we're very, you know, a bit more just down to earth, a bit more human, down to earth. Very humble you know, of you, Jack. As I was, I'm a humble guy. Stay <laughs> humble. As I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of them you go to do evaluation and they're all talk like this and I've got Lloyd Grossman and you're like why why are you doing that it's just I find it very bizarre so I thought it'd be you know who knows how many people will listen to it but just to actually get across like not all estate agents are actual tools you know so yeah. they're actually all right normal people with actually a genuine interest in in the, in the industry yeah. mm. so if one of you could give me a pat on the back <laughs> <laughs> I think you're very good at your job Jack uh, Hopefully we've achieved yeah, that's that. What I just wanted to, you know, more that. And uh, look, don't get me wrong, there's obviously a business side of it as well. You know, you want to grow business and, you know, get it out and there. Give people insight and see who we are, yeah. And make, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Should we do one last listener question, guys? Yeah. So that's nice way to wrap it up, wouldn't it? For old time's sake. Um, the cue, the little violins, the music. <laughs> uh, let's hope we're back for the ne next season. Uh, Steve's been in touch this week to ask your guys' thoughts on what he should do in his situation. Quite a topical one, as his sale has just fallen through. Apparently, the buyer pulled out due to a subsidence claim dating back to the 90s that came up following the searches. He said he's now worried that nobody will buy his house, and it wasn't something that he was aware of when he purchased it 10 years ago. Thoughts on that? Um... That's an unlucky one, I think. He's the vendor. Steve's he's the vendor, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, yeah so yeah, Steve's no, house he's is worried now that nobody will. Um, oh right, will so buy he, the yeah, house. He, he can't yeah, say yeah, yeah. because he didn't realise there was the subsidence issue. Um, I think. Look, the the reality is, I mean, presumably Steve's in London because most of our clients are. Mm. Um, you've got the risk of subsidence everywhere in London because of the clay soil type. I mean, it's just. If, if it hasn't happened, particularly on older properties, and I'm assuming his is an older building, um, that risk is always going to be there. He just happens to own a property that um, that it's happened to. The, the big thing for Steve is, A, is the paperwork there? Um, so despite the fact he wasn't aware, someone is, which is why it's come up in the searches. So it has been mm. reported. Yeah. Um, if the paperwork is there, then talk to his estate agent you know make sure that actually buyers are being made aware there was a there was a history there there was a subsidence issue 
it was then rectified. There's your certificate of structural adequacy. Um, and people will either decide whether they're comfortable with it or not. Um, if he's not got the paperwork for it, there is an argument to say, well, actually, it was 30 years ago now. Mm. Is it that relevant? Um, that's going to come down again to how the estate agent deals with interest on it, um, mm. the conversation they're having with buyers, and also how much of a meal the buyer solicitor makes over it based on the information they can find out. His In, in the worst case scenario, I would say from Steve's point of view, is you get structured engineering, you do a structured engineer's report, and that will either give it a clean bill of health and say there's nothing wrong with it, or it will point to issues that he will then need to get rectified. But I would say that's the worst case scenario. Hopefully there's some paperwork there. Um, and it, it's just a case of the buyer wasn't aware of it, has pulled the plug because they didn't know. Um, had they have known, yeah, just, just that shock for, factor. Yeah. Actually, if you know about it, it's a long time ago, isn't it? You'd think if it's, it's not gone anywhere since, it's probably not going to go anywhere from now. Um, I'd rather it was underpinned in all honesty. I'll be honest with you. I'd, so that's you know, need to move again. Yeah. I mean, it's um, I I personally don't think those are issues. You know, you, if it's modern day extensions now are all built on nice concrete foundations. If you have underpinning, you have a nice concrete slab under wherever move, so you're going to be more stable than you would ever would have been anyway. So, I think that's just how you normally would discuss it with a buyer if you know about it and all things considered at the beginning. Mm. But you will find with any buyer, if you're going to throw that you know in their face after they've made an offer, it's often going to be a bit of a wall. That's probably the biggest worry you'd have from someone is a house falling over. So if you know about it at the beginning, just discuss it. But yeah, if it's built on a concrete slab, I generally would see that as more of a positive, mm. particularly given it's 20, 30 years ago, um, as to whether it, it was sat on four bricks that barely go underneath your floorboards and sitting on the you know the ground. So mm. I don't see it as a massive issue. I wouldn't worry if I was him necessarily. We've actually got one, funnily enough, that, it, that was underpinned in the 90s. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. When well, have they got the paperwork? He's got everything, yeah. Oh, perfect. Makes um, life easier. You see it on a lot of places it comes up in search yeah. and sold. I'd question whether our front window bay of the house we bought with this big concrete sort of thing. We don't really know, but potentially might have had some work done Probably at some point has. in the past. And um, But to be honest, I wouldn't really... I'd rather it was if it was I mean, stop the bay from going That's slightly anyway. to move in future. Yeah. And bay windows generally... part. So bay windows tend not to have much in the way of um, foundations underneath them. Um, yeah, and actually my bay's the pulled away slightly. Yeah. It's fixed though, it's all structurally sound. <laughs> okay, and you often see downpipes that just terminate right where the bay window is and don't even go into it's a gully. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah, you know, so that's not exactly helpful. So, in answer to Steve's question, uh, not really. Don't really see that big of an We're issue. It. Give the buyer the answers down to the estate agent to communicate it well, but yeah, wouldn't be yeah. too worried. No, not at all. No, I, th I think it's so long ago. As long as there's been no issues since. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, isn't it? Hopefully he's got the paperwork. If he doesn't, I mean, I'd, I'd argue it over 30 years that what are you worried about? Yeah. But it's about being able to convince a buyer that that's acceptable and okay. Mm. I mean, that won't be an issue from a lender's point of view, um, which is always the kind of fallback is, is it going to be an issue for a lender? I would have thought no, not for most of them. Yeah. So actually if the lender, who, as we know, is assuming generally the majority risk on a purchase because you put your 10, 20% deposit down or whatever it is, Actually, if the lender's okay with it, then what are you worried about? Yeah. And you'd say about agents dealing with it. I mean, if it was an experienced agent, you'd hope that they'd be able to communicate that to the buyer in a way. I, I mean, generally, don't see an issue with that. And if you could explain that to the buyer correctly, mm. about the, to be honest, the positives, the benefits of having a concrete slab, then actually, you should, I think any decent agent would be able to get a buyer to understand that. I don't see it as a problem at all. It's so long ago. Mm. 
And as we said, it's... They'll get their own servers moving forward. So yeah. it'll tell you if there's any problems going to be coming up now. So take it take it as it is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, listen, thanks everyone for listening. We are now going to be taking a short break for possibly until mid-spring, summer. Kind of see where it goes. Um, but thanks everyone for listening. And we will be back, hopefully, for season two in the not-too-distant future. Bye.